Hi, I'm Susan Foch, and when I was 18 years old, I launched a national nonprofit organization out of my freshman college dorm room. Now, with almost a decade of experience under my belt, I'm here to teach you my tried and true tips and tricks for running your own nonprofit or social enterprise and how to build it from the ground up. You're listening to this podcast because you're ready to make a difference in this world. I see you, I hear you, and I'm ready to help you. Now let's make an impact together. You're listening to the Make an Impact podcast, episode 35. And today I want to hit you with a quick hit rant about something that I've seen in nonprofits and fundraising for a very long time. (laughs) I'm not exactly sure how old this tactic is, um, but I really hate it. It's a, I view it as a quick fix band-aid kind of response and I hate it. Uh, And it's time for it to change in the fundraising world. What I'm talking about is the tactic that a lot of fundraisers and a lot of organizations will use um, under the false umbrella of tugging at the heartstrings, but they really are using it more as, um, you know, guilting you into giving money guilting donors into giving what's ever in their pockets and using this like negative pull at the heartstrings um, almost to say like you should feel bad (laughs) you have an extra $20 in your pocket and like you are a monster for not giving it to charity. It's a narrative that I absolutely despise, and you see it all the time. Obviously, it doesn't come in that particular language, because that would be hella aggressive. Um, But you see it a lot, and my favorite example of this is the idea of, uh, you know, close your eyes and picture the that Sarah McLaughlin song um, that you can always associate with pictures of, like, beaten like puppies and kittens that are, like, shoved in those cages, which actually should make you more furious that it's like, clearly those camera people are there with a camera in that dog's face, also probably doing something to like, you know, make them make kind of a stinky face, a sad face or something. Like there are people clearly around those animals that could very easily help them and they're not. Um, That's a whole different side tangent, but (laughs) good Lord. Um, You know, the sad guilt marketing. The ones of, uh, you know, this child, these children will die without your donation. And the subtext to that, the psychological effect to that is you are killing children by not giving money. It is a terrible, disgusting narrative. One of my, uh, one I got really irritated with happened in the spring, early summer, um, you know, when the first round of COVID stimulus checks were going out. So the traditional 1200. Uh, when did that go out? May? June? And I got an email from a community foundation. And I'm, I'm not saying which one because I subscribe to many, mostly because... <laughs> Honestly, uh, I really want to see how other like community foundations and other organizations particularly phrase um, a lot of their messaging, their fundraising, their their e-newsletters. Uh, but I also kind of like seeing, you know, what platforms people are using, the kind of design, um, you know, structure that those emails have from a very like particular uh, standpoint. Um, so I find it as market research to subscribe to a lot of them. So uh, don't take that for heart. But 
I got an email from this community foundation and that the headline, the subject line of the email was so aggressive and I got so angry. And I've talked about this in previous episodes. It literally read, you don't need your stimulus check. Donate it instead. And I, the message I'm sure went on from there, like, here's all the places you can or donate it to us and we'll redistribute the funds and whatever. And I was so angry at that headline because you have no idea what is happening in your donor's pocket. You have absolutely no idea. And it's also none of your business. Uh, My business coach, Kylie Hodges, which if you hop on back to episode five, you can hear some of her wise words there. One of my favorite sayings of hers when we talk about like uh, pricing and packaging in terms of business deals for um, service-based entrepreneurs is you have no idea what's happening in someone else's pocket. And more importantly, it's none of your business. It is none of your damn business what is happening in someone else's pocket. And that goes for nonprofits, that goes for businesses, that goes for whatever. Your job is to put the price out there if you are an entrepreneur or put the donation needed out there. And see and hope and 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 hopefully encourage that person into that number. It's not your place to go, hey, I know that you have $1,200 because you got the stimulus check. And here's exactly how I, a complete stranger, I'm going to tell you how to spend your $1,200. That is terrible fundraising. And the other thing too that I hate about that is... um. You know, this very, neg- again, it's the negative connotations, it's the guilting, it's the here is the picture of the sad puppy, here is the picture of the dying child with cancer, here is the picture of the starving children in Africa, and we get just so inundated with these really sad images of these people or animals or the environment in suffering, and here's the thing, it's a really cheap tactic, which is why I don't like it. It is cheap and it is prying on people's psychological uh, weak spots and they're blanking, blanketing it with, no, 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 we're pulling on your heartstrings. Like, you know, once you get their heartstrings in, then you get them involved. No, that is a cheap band-aid over your fundraising initiatives. Guilt is a cheap band-aid over your fundraising initiatives. And we need to stop doing it as organizations. And also, I'll be as bold to say, as social entrepreneurs, because that can definitely be a blended line as well. Think about yourself as the donor. And here's the thing. Maybe you have exactly $20 in your wallet. You don't need it necessarily like that's not you know you didn't budget it out like you could see that $20 go there will be a quick urgent immediate need when you see someone in actual pain and suffering and you will feel that pain and if that person is maybe communicating the right way with you if they're pulling on your heartstrings the right the right way they can probably wrestle that $20 out of your pocket because you were already willing to part with it But here's the thing. Have you as the donor ever actually, after hearing that one sob story, been compelled to be a lifelong donor because you were guilted into the door in the first place? No, 
You really probably weren't. Maybe every time you see that guilty message, i.e. that Sarah McLaughlin commercial of the abused animals, you know, they have to re-keep stimulating the negative emotions, the guilt, the heartache to remind you, hey, people are still suffering. Animals are still suffering. You should still be donating. You should still be handing us your money. It's always just a band-aid because guilt and heartache are not long-term success habits for fundraising and also for selling. They just aren't. People are not motivated to just keep in those negative emotions. It's not going to work for you, my sweet fundraising, my sweet fundraising friends. But here's the thing. I didn't come on this podcast just to uh, rant and rave about fundraisers. And I'm also not here to like take that Sarah McLaughlin commercial like over the coals or rake it over the coals. That's not my job because I'm sure that they've raised millions and millions of dollars. My point is this. Psychologically speaking, if you can communicate with a donor in a way that truly inspires them, truly shows them how effective their dollar is in creating an entirely different world, in creating a brand new world with the change in it that they want to see, the change that they are motivated down to their root to see for a new world, whether it's their world or the next generation's world. If you can inspire them down to their root, down to their core, if you can actually take the time to communicate with your donor or communicate with your buyer, your customer, your client, whatever it is, and make them understand the power that they have as an individual that I'm sure many people don't realize that they have and don't think that they have to positively inspire them to actually make a difference in the world and to inspire them to the point by saying, hey, if I, if you trust me enough to take your $20 and go change the world because I get it, you're busy, right? You got a job, you've got a side hustle, you have your own puppy, maybe you have a family, maybe you have children, maybe you are caring for a sick relative because fun fact, we're still in a global pandemic. Maybe you have an aging parent, aging grandparents. We all have so much shit happening in our lives and also so much turmoil happening in our lives, like at any given point to the point, it's very, very sad. It's very upsetting. Because you, my sweet donor, with all of your problems that like, if I can get to the root of what your problems are and understanding that you are a busy person with a lot of valuable time, that you don't necessarily have a lot of leftover time to go solve world hunger. If I can, if I can get you to trust me that by entrusting your $20 in me and communicating with you often enough and keeping those touch points that, hey, guess what? Do not worry. Like, you trusted us with your $20. We are using that to feed starving children, abused animals, uh, the failing environment, which pick a pick an area for that. Um, and to know that you are changing the world directly and indirectly to give them that actual positive motivation and power. Now that's serotonin. Now that's dopamine. Now you're giving them a high. Now you're also kind of, if we're being really honest, stroking some egos. And that's what's going to make them come back for more. The idea that they know that they are changing that actual world 
that they are seeing the inspiration, they are feeling the inspiration, but that to communicate with them that they get to be a part of it. That it's not you, the fundraiser and the nonprofit on the pedestal making, you know, a whole brand new uh, clean water world. No, 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 no. Because you wouldn't exist as an organization without your donors. You wouldn't exist as an organization without the money that's coming in the door. So if you can give them the high that you feel on a daily basis, we have a whole new world. We have a whole new fundraising world, a whole new fundraising strategy, a whole way that actually is going to be a longer, sustained way that we can fundraise and keep nonprofit organizations going and moving and feeling towards change rather than just guilting them into a Band-Aid every time you need an extra $1,000 to hit your metric or an extra $1,000 for that hospital bed. It's going to be so much more effective in the long run. Because here's the other thing, too. You know, let's take it to a totally different example. Think about uh, Vegas. Think about gambling, right? Gambling has been done in such a sick, like, sick, sick way. um, To the point that those people, like, whoever makes casinos, because I don't know who those people are. um, Whoever makes casinos, those, the house, whatever. Those people are smart enough and intelligent enough. They've created it to be a actual psychological just cluster so that when you are losing, when you are feeling bad, when the psychological hits keep coming in a negative ramification because you're losing money, because you're putting yourself in detriment, because just the whole thing, um, that you have to kind of keep coming back for that Band-Aid because you're like, oh, maybe I'm going to fix it. Maybe I'm going to fix it. Maybe I'm going to fix it. Um, And they keep you away from sunlight, from clocks, from understanding actually like what time it is. They have the exact right uh, frequencies in the music and the and the bells and the jingles and the whatever, they keep those bright lights. They do all these psychological tricks to keep you there. And always, I mean, because we know that the rules at the house always wins. The house always wins because they are the ones who want to make money and they keep guilting more money out of your pocket with a bunch of psychological tricks with the lights and the music and the and the windows and the clocks and the food and the alcohol and the whatever, but also because you're losing money. And here's the other trick, too, because they know what happens the second you get hooked. Well, you keep playing. Because now you have the so- the serotonin drip. Now you have the dopamine drip because now you're winning. Now you can't step away from the table. Take that logic of giving people those little bits, those little hits, those little highs of winning, translate it to giving, translate it to changing the world, translate it to making an impact. And I promise you, we will see a brand new, completely different fundraising world. One that is based in inspiration and positive change and letting all of your donors know that they absolutely have the power by banding together with you, by creating a partnership of any dollar amount with you, that they get to be a part of a, a brand new world that they want to see change. Because here's the thing, we're all pissed about something in the world, right? Probably like a hundred things, but at least one thing that we want to see changed That maybe if your ambition is to have children, you want a different, better world for them. 
And even if you don't, there's someone in the world you love and you want to make it different and better for them. Maybe it's yourself. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's the different world that you want to see for you for the trajectory of the rest of your life. I promise you that if you take a hard look at your fundraising messaging and your fundraising strategy and you figure out ways to connect to the root reason why a person would come to your organization to donate in the first place, like why are they actually there? Because something psychologically is ticking at their box. They found your organization or you found them and created a connection because they want something that you're dealing They want the change that you are making in that world. And if you can figure out the actual root reason why and make them understand and give them those serotonin, dopamine, happy drug hits that they are changing the world with you, now you have lifelong donors. Now you have lifelong partners. And guess what? It's psychologically a lot nicer to them on the way out rather than guilting them and making them feel bad for the fact that they have an extra $20 to throw at you. Inspiration will always beat guilt and shame. So stop shaming your donors. Inspire them to be your partner in change. And with that, we've got a whole new world of impact makers. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Make an Impact Podcast. If you enjoyed yourself, would you do a little rate, review, subscribe dance? And if you really enjoyed yourself, would you share this on social media so someone else could catch the impact bug? Until next time, friend, I can't wait to see what kind of impact you make on your world.